Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! One hundred and one of the Stinking Paws podcast. Just like Room One Hundred and One, it's filled with all manners of nastiness. Talking to which, hello, Paul. Good evening, Scott. <laughs> Thank you for that. Fully recovered from episode one hundred and five year. It, it took a took yeah. a day or so. <laughs> it did, didn't it? It was a bit of a marathon session, a bit of a marathon episode. We've known each other a fair while. You and I? Uh, yeah, six years. Is it that long? Yeah. I thought it was longer. Okay. And every now and again, you'd surprise me, conversations we have, usually revolving around film about you haven't seen a particular movie that I thought you you know, you know should have seen or yeah, the fact that iRobot is possibly one of your favourite films ever. You know, things like That's that surprise wrong, me. <laughs> Two weeks ago, three weeks ago possibly, might be longer. I have never been more surprised by a comment that you made to me, which was started off as, Scott, I've got a friend. <laughs> now, I thought, I thought that it was only myself, Charlie and Liam in your life, Paul, but you have another friend. I, I have some secrets. You have some secrets. And you said to me, my friend is listening to the show. Which yeah. again is remarkable because obviously he's been attracted by your presence to the show. <laughs> and you said he's visiting Bank Holiday Weekend. Can we do an episode together? And I said, yes, let's do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest today. Myself and Paul are going to be here throughout, but say hello to Anne. Hello, mate. Hi, guys. Absolutely pleasure to be here. I just want to say, um, yes, I am his friend. I'm actually one of the ones that's not an inflatable friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, actually. (laughs) You've selected the movie tonight, Anne? I did indeed. I've chosen one of my all-time favourite 80s movies. Yep, which is? It's The Lost Boys, and it's one of the first horror films I ever saw. Um, Okay. I absolutely love the film. Okay, so similar age to myself and Paul, so you'd have been about... 15, 16? What year is it, guys? 1987 it came out. 87, so I was 18... You would have been 17, 16, yeah. Okay, Okay, we'll have a general chit-chat before we go into foreplay. Hey, we always love a bit of foreplay before we go into the movie. (laughs) You love horror films. I mean, we've been chatting this afternoon, then. Is that your favourite genre? Have you got got a favourite film? Is this your favourite movie? Um, I have my my genre is um, definitely horror. My favourite movie 
horror movie is actually um, came out in 1983 actually yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street the first one the first one Excellent. the first one and the third one is Dream uh, Warriors Dream Warriors yeah, uh, uh, yeah second one was second one is, we don't talk about the <laughs> second one it's not even one. classed as a if you're a horror fan like me, we don't even class number two. Is that the one with the real sort of gay undertones to it? It's got, it has no no connection to any other film that I've seen. I, I thought it was just the same as plot as the first one. It just had a female character rather than a male, or a male rather than a, a female. a male rather than a female. Yeah. I, yeah I, I can't rest so long. I don't even know where it... It doesn't even fit. At least <laughs> one, one follows three anyway, and I think um, in three follows four, but this particular one there there is no link it may as well just be have a new title and just call something <laughs> totally different so that's your favorite movie of all time the first one it's my first the horror film yeah a nightmare on elm street is my favorite horror. have you got a favorite movie in generally i my favorite film of all time is mm. so i mean i like lost boys but my favorite film of all time is highlander wow Bit of an eighties child. I absolutely that love. Can be it. only one. <laughs> the soundtrack is awesome. Oh, I do agree. The soundtrack and, is um, the film. The film. The follow-ups weren't so good. Oh my god! The second one. Jesus. But, awful, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually, I do like my eighties movies. I'm very much yeah. an eighties person when it comes to movies. And um, Highlander is up there with like Terminator. Predator. It's kind of like all along those lines. I loved Highlander. I watched it. Day after day when I was a kid, yeah, you know, on video. Yeah. But I tried watching it probably five, six, seven years ago, mm. and I struggled. Yeah. I really yeah, struggled. Yeah. It's, with another, it's another one that won't stand the test of time. No, and it's one of those ones I think we've said previously that's more sort of a nostalgia thing yeah. for us anyway. But I think it reminds it reminds me of probably of childhood. It's kind of like that film that was there, the big film out at the time mm. that as a youngster you got to see. And I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I, as you say, soundtrack by Queen, which soundtrack I love. I mean, Sean Connery sound. in it as a quite a badass. Which as was, a Scottish, the, Mexican, the, Egyptian. Yeah. He was a Spanish, he was <laughs> a Spanish people, wasn't it? It's got, a, it? It's got was... a wide range of accents, Sean. Yeah. They're all Scottish. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. it, he's in my favourite film of all time, yes. The Untouchables. See, playing an Irish Scottish oh yeah so basically every role that Sean Connery plays is yeah. Scottish American yeah. Spanish do you have a favourite actor or actress is there anybody you'd like to say in like you know modern day cinema that they've got a film coming out you've got to go and see it or you'll go and rent it or... I don't actually I don't have a favourite no maybe during the 80s I, I used to like a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger's things so I was a big well, fan of him everybody did didn't they, they did. Did. especially yeah. the 80s was that action yeah, hero action. era um, but I don't specifically watch a film because it's got a certain person in it I, I, okay. I tend to who do I like I mean I like um, Samuel L. Jackson movies I was thinking yeah. he yeah. very rarely brings out a bad movie true it's an excellent point I like that. Yes, I like that. It is so bad, it's good. It's one of them movies. As a you can can sit back and watch that, and you just you don't even have to think about it. I like films like that, so you don't have to think about what you're watching. So yes, I mean he's pretty um, kick-ass. I like him. I suppose the equivalent, or one of the equivalents nowadays, of the Schwarzenegger era would be The Rock. Mm. Yeah, because he's churning out a lot of films. Yeah, and most of them are. 
pretty good. Did you ever look when Schwarzenegger went through that phase of not just action movies, but yeah, Junior and Kindergarten Cop yeah. and things like that? The Rock's doing things like Jumanji, yeah, Skyscraper, very the, tongue in cheek. The Tooth Fairy, if you the remember tooth that. Tooth Fairy, I've never <laughs> seen. You know, I went to the cinema to see oh, that when my daughter was God. much younger. Yeah, but yeah, he's got a very similar career path. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. can do the big action hero, or he can do the sort of the cuter sort of movie, can't he? Have we got any modern day action stars? I mean, Tom Cruise is still churning them out in his fifties, and we've still got Rocky movies coming out with Sliced Alone in, in yeah. them, and, and Bruce Willis still churns out movies, but you just don't get to hear yeah. of any of them. But it was the golden age, wasn't it? Because you had your Van Damme and Schwarzenegger, Sly. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think actually who is a big. Who does all the action movies? Well, I say the, the, the Rock, Rock would be is. one of them. Jason Statham. See, again, I'd say he's a sort of. He's, a, he's also a sort of. He's not an A-list slap. I wouldn't no. say he's sort of B or C. Dave Batista's coming through now, I suppose. Mm. Oh, you got the Bourne movies, I guess. I know yeah. that's still churning them out, but well, maybe I guess it's not that. It's not no. that turn your brain off balls action type movies that we used to get in the 80s. But maybe that was the 80s, though. Maybe that's what, in the 80s, you like you said, yeah, Stallone, yeah. Schwarzenegger, Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were all doing that, weren't yeah, they? Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, yeah, I forgot yeah. about him. I'm trying to think of the other... Of course, other... it was the year of Canon pictures that were churning out also, those movies. Also, I mean, Mel Gibson in the 80s. In the 80s. Lethal Weapons. Chuck Norris. Seagull. Seagull, yeah, yeah. He done a lot of movies. Very few were watchable. <laughs> One of my favourites, Seagull, and you never really you don't hear about him now, is Under Siege. I love Under Siege. It's probably the only one, one of his that I do like. Actually. One of the few. Did he, he didn't start off as a chef, did he? he I'm was just a, a cook. I'm just a cook, he said. I'm just a cook. I'm just a cook. He was always <laughs> just something I'm that just turned into the kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember the trailer for Under Siege 2 when. Um, Last time he rocked the boat. This time he rocks the train. This time he's off the rails. (laughs) The cook is back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were so bad. I mean, you look back now. I mean, they they were terrible, but Mm. they were good to watch. I I mean, I I kind of like the cheesiness of it. That's why I probably like a lot of eighties. I mean, like um, watching, for example, Lost Boys, (laughs) and you look now and you think, my God, the special effects are terrible. And and you'll be thinking, but that's good for the nineteen eighty seven. Exactly. Yeah. Back then, we we loved that. You know, the fact yeah. that CGI was just coming wow. in, sort of, or it was mainly green screens, I suppose, yeah. wasn't it? back but, projections yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff, wasn't it? Because when you see people flying in the eighties, and there's a terrible screen behind, yeah. and you can see, you can actually see them laying on something, and it's yeah. like, but yeah, they, well, I suppose, well, Superman, like, Superman. Yeah, I was going to say the, the exactly Superman the movies. Superman movies <laughs> you'd exactly see that. the cape being held up by an invisible string sort yeah. of thing. Oh, please do not mock my favourite superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking all things 80s in just a second. We're going to go into foreplay. One, two, three. Well, had I done foreplay, Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Foreplay topic today, in honour of the movie that we're going to be discussing later. It's a bit of a broad topic, and it's going to be a bit difficult to try and pin down. There's going to be three of us, there's not four of us, isn't there, obviously, but three 
movies, and did we say 80s horror? We did. Yes. Okay. We said that. Okay, I'm going to defer to our guest first, Ant. Yes. Could you bring a movie to the table, sir, under the heading of 80s horror that you want to talk about? I want to talk about Elm Street. I do, because I'm very passionate about this film. The first film, or should we just talk about the whole series? In general, um, we're going to have because to, aren't we? Because we, we can, but bear in mind that the first three came out in the 80s. Uh, mm. So, was the fourth one actually in the 90s? Nin- was it? Yeah, oh, um, right. because um, one, two, and three, the last one came out in 89 and it was 91. Ah, right. Okay. So, the, we can talk about the first three, but if you want, if, we, if we're stacking to um, <laughs> 80s, we just we can talk about the first three. We, we will try not to talk about number two. Yeah. <laughs> was terrible. Going back to number two. Do you, I don't know the years they released. Mm. Do you think it was rushed out due to the popularity of the first one, just so they could still jump on the bandwagon and get as much money in as possible? Wouldn't and surprise three me. was probably they had chance to actually write a decent plot. Yeah, wouldn't surprise. Well, there was well, quite common place. The problem is with two. Mm. It was set in a house, and there was a budgie and. And there was a budget or a budget. Was a budget. Oh, budget. It was a budget. Was a budget. A budget. <laughs> I don't budget. budget. But there was um, uh, it, it was the only person that originally was, was in it. It's a budget. There was a budget in it, all right. Really? Yeah, you need to Google it. I don't know what he did. Did he have a little stripe top as well? He didn't have any speaking lines. They got him in because he was cheap. Oh. But yeah, what's where I'm going with this now? <laughs> yeah, the second one. So, yeah, the second one was um, I don't. It doesn't connect. It's the only movie that doesn't have any relevance to all. If you watch the whole series, which mm. I do, is there yeah. a? I don't watch these things. I, I I did watch them as a child when one and two and three came out, but I didn't know. Is there an interlinking story that runs the course of there the is, movies between one and three? There is. And then three to four because they have actually kept some. They well, see, a lot of them get killed off, but they do keep. For example, Heather Longenkamp comes back in a couple. Doesn't she comes she? back, so she's a great surname. Longenkamp, yeah, it's not. <laughs> she's. I'm obviously Robert England is continuous. In fact, he was only dropped for the very final movie when they did the remake of the original. Yes, um, but he he kept he kept his part. But yeah, the. Um, I think this, number two doesn't have any no. reference. Which, again, makes me think that it was perhaps just a, a money-maker. Quick cash-in on the yeah. first. So why do you like it? Why is it... Is it your favourite... It's your favourite horror film? It is my favourite horror yeah. Why do I like it? I like... <clears throat> this is a good question. I, 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 you asked, why do I like it? I don't know. I'm a big fan of slasher movies anyway, but I, this is probably because it was the very first one. I'd seen Lost Boys, and I was being quite young, and... We didn't obviously you don't have Sky and you don't have social media, so yeah. it was like when it came out on video, I was old enough to hire it. Yeah, mm. and as we said earlier, when a video came out, it was at the cinema two years, three years previous. Yeah. So you, you did have to wait a long time. Yeah, and you wouldn't have been able to go to the cinema to see this because you'd have been too young. Yeah, it was twelve. I didn't purely on the basis that when I started work, you could actually go out and. Um, video so I joined and I saw it it was there to be hired and I didn't really know much about it but because I thought oh, let's watch this so I got it out and so this would have been about you've just reminded me though those were the days you'd go to a video shop and yep. right you'd have your main A-list titles yeah but then you would actually look through the rack 
and just the, choose something that based you'd, on the cover. Yeah, that you've never heard of. You'd read the synopsis on the back yeah. and go, that yeah, let's true. give that a go. That's true, yeah. You, you, you don't, don't do that as much now, do you? That, that, Even with Netflix and that, you usually sit down and go, right, I want to watch a Samuel L. Jackson film yeah. or I want to watch a comedy. You don't just go... Right, I'm going to flick through the whole lot and choose one. I think we're a lot more aware of what movies are out there now with mm. social media, as you say, that you see a title, we pretty much know what that film is or who's in it because it's been yeah. Twittered, yeah. it's been Facebooked, it's been You've whatever. YouTube. You, if, yeah. you want to, if you want to review a film now, which um, my children do, they'll go onto YouTube and review yes. the actual so, trailers. Have a look at like, the trailer, yeah. See what, That's we, another thing we didn't, well. we didn't do that. Did we? So we had to... You know, we didn't know whether it was going to be a pile of what's it. Yeah. We just knew that that cover looked You good. can't say shit on this one. You can swear on this <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, oh, believe me. I was me. holding back then. Oh, See believe how me. Refined. We haven't it, started. If Charlie was I'm... here, he'd have dropped the C-bomb by now. <laughs> oh, <is> that... <laughs> See how refined I am? See, on my radio show, I'm not allowed to swear. So he's like, mm, and I've got Get a microphone. Us on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll lose you some listeners. <laughs> I'm used to sitting in front of the microphone, funny enough, and I normally have earphones on, so I am used to it. But it's just like, you know, I, I can't swear. And I'd like to uh, swear oh, sometimes. Well, we'll, we'll give you Believe plenty me. of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Swearing isn't half of it. It's the subjects we talk about sometimes. Sometimes it goes down some very dark alleyways. Um, <clears throat> but back in the 80s, do you had kind of like Halloween, Friday the 13th. Yep. Um, I, I think what drew me was the cover. Because if... If you haven't seen the cover, it's just like this guy that's burned with just the glove on, and I yep. and I thought wow, that's really cool because uh, back then I was kind of like goth metal, so yeah. it's kind of like that was my thing. So I, I definitely went into into that, and I remember looking at it thinking, "Do you know what? I want to see this movie." <laughs> but um, it's funny because I carried on. I've always I've always liked it, and if you remember right, I mean, Paul knows. I went to a fancy dress Paul party. Knows. Pornos. Pornos. You want to put them away? Pornos. I went with Paul. I don't think Paul was there. We went to, I used to go to fancy dress parties dressed as Freddy Krueger. How often was this? Once a week? Once a week? <laughs> well, it was only a weekend. Well, he says fancy dress parties. Yeah. Yeah. He was the only one in fancy dress. No, just turn up in the pub I'm randomly. T- he just, just had a striped yeah. jumper. <laughs> he he had, had his face. He, he had some face. gloves with knives stuck in them. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a normal Friday night out, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, Especially round here. This, I just happens in Chatham all the time. You were at that age where it was quite impressionable. I think they're the formative years for, for definitely for boys. Yeah. 14, yeah, 15, but... 16. You watch movies, and I think it sort of guides you to where you're going to be watching movies for the rest of your life sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You never really watched horror films, Paul, did you, from mm. day one? As no, I didn't enjoy I mean... It. Also, it's the group of friends you're with at those points. It's like, I used to go to cinema loads yeah. as a youngster because if you ever took a girl out, it was always the cinema because it was, was easy. Yeah. And like, your mates on a Friday or Saturday night, nothing mm. to do, you go to the cinema. Yeah. So you used to see a lot more mm. films and a lot of them shit because yes. you would just be guessing you'd have, again. You have to watch what was on, yeah. basically, yeah. And, and I think... It's a mixture of what was out at the time, you yeah. know, what, what what there was a lot of. I mean, I grew up loving 80s comedies mm-hmm. and, and sort of comedy action. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's my kind of 
memories of the eighties, the teenage years. I, no, I must, I must. I think I, I missed comedy action. Are we in talking the 80s? like the Eddie Murphy, like the Beverly Hills? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Weapons, and, and even yeah. Lethal Weapons. Yeah. And when was the first Die Hard? Eighty nine. Yeah, but it's those kind of things. Even the Schwarzenegger films, mm. they are always light hearted. He's always have a couple of yeah. quips in there yeah. to 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 break the mood. But I I can remember seeing uh, Freddy at the cinema. <laughs> um, I also saw Hellraisers at the cinema. Yeah. Oh, see, it's another, another, another classic series. I'm on about number 19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Freddy for me never really not. done it. It's, it's, I'm. I've said before on here. I'm not a fan of horrors. I don't. No. I don't see the enjoyment in wanting to be scared. That's yeah. just me. I, I don't. I know a load of people love them. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep churning them out like they do. I'm not saying that um, just because I'm into like obviously heavy metal and, and that kind of. Thing, but let's not say that because you like heavy metal, you like um, um, the dark side of no, films. Because I like other stuff as well. Mm. I mean. I can watch a comedy like anyone else. I, yeah. mean, I can watch just a normal. Film. I mean, I, I like um, DC and I like Marvel, but um, you know, I, I've had a choice. Mm. Um, my last movie, funny enough, the last movie that I watched was Conjuring Two. So is that the one set in the, the Enfield hauntings? Is that the one that's set in London? No, that's yeah. Sorry, that's second. That's one. the that's second, second one. Yes, yeah. yeah. That that for me, because there's some sort of base of truth in there. Oh, I don't know. If you know the story of the Enfield Hauntings, well, it's I, I, so... I've googled it. I have googled that. It's funny saying because I always, whenever I watch a movie, I always Google it to, to, mm. to read what it says. Review even horror films. Mm. I like to know what it is. And yes, I yeah. have googled it, and they're supposedly some based on some truth. But whether it's true or not, I mean, I've, I've gone on Wikipedia. I've gone on. YouTube. Do yourself a favour. Yeah. Sky did a two-part version of the true story of the Enfield okay, I've not seen that with Timothy Spall actually playing the investigator based on the character that's in right and it's a much more I actually remember it happening I remember it being in the papers really yeah I'm that old um, <laughs> the photo that famous photo of the kids levitating you know that that actually yeah. appeared in the I remember the that the pictures of the bed and the child mm. jumping yeah. over the bed I mean yeah. I have Google I mean mm. I watch a lot of paranormal stuff anyway um, I'm very much into paranormal TV on Sky, so I kind of like follow a lot of. I try and look, and if I find if I watch something, I like to find out is yeah. it based on truth or is it just made up? Yeah, like for example, everybody was crazy when the Blair Witch came out, yeah, because this was like they posted it as this is what really happened. It was very clever, and it was clever, it was, yeah. it was yeah, very was the early a days. A few of kids went into the woods with a video camera. Yeah. The, the early people, days of the internet that was the yeah, thing. Yeah. it was very clever Bri- very to hyper film i mean the, the people that must have actually produced it and that you know well, let's do it like this yeah and let's get it out of there as a truth and it's funny if the people that live in that real town was it burkitt's film burkitt's, well they actually they actually hate the film now because so many <laughs> tourists come coming now looking for the blair which is not there yeah, you know they, right. where's the woods well, it's over there yeah Go and get lost. Go and get lost in there. Go and find an old house and then go and stand in the corner. Stand in the corner. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, I can just genuinely remember it creeping me out as a kid. I think it was that whole thing about making you frightened to go to sleep. That was Mm. the thing. Yes, because it was the dream. It became in your dreams. That that was the thing that I liked because 
it was it was it was something that you couldn't control and mm. i must admit i mean don't forget i mean I, when i first finally saw it i was 16 yeah so you're watching it and you're thinking oh i don't go and there's always that rhyme i don't know if you know the rhyme one two credit's coming for yeah. you two or is it three four yeah barely. three comes off the two three right? yeah yeah <laughs> I'm only on my first one. I'm just going to say. He's been in Devon quite a while. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not proper, I'm not proper. I'm not proper. Yeah. In Devon, we don't have three. Oh, we don't, <laughs> so we don't, we don't, we don't go up that way. I did warn you we would be taking no, the piss. No, no, take, take the take the bit. I'm, 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 I can do it. But, but, yeah, quite, but anyway, the rhyme. Yes. The rhyme. Which I've gone off tangent now because I can't remember it myself. <laughs> One, two, three. Paul, yeah, Paul, do the numbers for you. Go three, three, four. So I've lost it now. Oh, I've lost it. Is three, he coming for more? Four, or knocking on the door. door. Sorry, on the door. Yeah. Five, six. Grab a crucifix. Yeah. Seven, eight. Better stay up late. Nine, ten. Never sleep again. Ah, ah. never sleep again is the name of the documentary, if I remember rightly, isn't it? which is a very good documentary um, but yeah that was the rhyme but I totally lost it yeah. but I managed to see how I managed to pull it back at but the end do you know what you achieved in there nothing you counted to ten <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> just forgot number three though didn't I yeah. I can't believe I stumbled at the first I forgot Kent's got number three <laughs> So Nightmare on Elm Street, excellent choice. Paul, as a, yes. as a not a major horror fan, this is going to be interesting. It's a, it's a big subject, 80s horror films. So yeah. What do you want to talk about? Well, I was going to go for Hellraiser. Yes. But um, I, I always revert back to the only actual horror film of sorts that I really enjoyed, and yep. that's uh, American Werewolf. Excellent. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because if you was going to say the one that I was going to say, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember this again, going back to the days of VHS, and you, you some some of the video shops, it wasn't just a one night hire. You hired it for like three or four days, didn't yes. you? If it was over a weekend, because they didn't open. Depends what section. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they didn't open on a Sunday, so That's if you right. got it Saturday morning, you could have it till Monday night, That's sort it. of thing. Yeah, you get that extra couple of viewings out. Of it, yeah, yeah, and I, I must have only been about. 12 or 13. Came out 82, didn't it? 81, yeah. 82, I think. Yeah. And I got two older brothers, so they were both old enough to watch this film. Yeah. And of course, parents were out, I was there, and they yeah. just put it on. And me as a like 11, 12 year old, absolutely <laughs> shat myself with this film. Because there's a couple of little bits in it that make you jump out of your skin. Yes, it's the dream sequences and things yeah. like that. Where, where he wakes up twice in his dream yeah. sequence, yeah. where he pulls the curtains because he think, or the, the nurse Jenny Agatha pulls the curtains and when he's she in gets hospital. stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just thought it was a great mix of comedy and horror. So yeah. you weren't going through the film always on tenterhooks. Because it was broken up by the, a very the humor funny comedy, yeah, yeah. and Jenny Agatha getting her tits out. She does in every movie. Which, as a twelve-year-old boy, <laughs> you're, you're, you're always going to be happy with that. But no, it was a it was a good balance between like scaring the shit out of you and making you laugh. So yeah, we don't see it very often. Shaun of the Dead's a good example. Even that's that's ten years old plus yeah. now, isn't it? Shaun of the Dead, I found quite a good film, but mm. it didn't. It didn't scare you. It no. was it was a zombie, yeah. gory sort of film. It wasn't a make you jump horror because there's quite a few different genres within 
the genre of horror, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I, I usually don't mind or don't like the make you jump ones, but oh, I say this one. because <clears throat> it would go from you're shit scared one minute to you're laughing yeah. the next. Oh. So it was. It's a very clever film. John Landis yeah. really. And came... even even now, when you look back mm. at the CGI or the effects they yeah. used then, it's it's fucking impressive. Practical effects are. <laughs> Still better than CGI's if they're done well. Yeah, the, done... the amount of latex and that they used on yeah. the on the werewolf's head, sort of uh, thing. just things like the fingernails growing. When they transitioned, when he, yeah, when that was mm. very clever. How obviously back because you could hear the you spine could breaking. Cracking, and you could hear the cracking. You think yeah. about it. Werewolf movies up to that point, yeah, were, were. long Cheney, and then suddenly it'd fade out, and then he'd have a bit more hair on his face, <laughs> and then it'd fade out terrible. a little bit more, and then the teeth would be a bit longer. And then he'd have a pair of furry gloves on. Yeah, yeah. showed. Yeah, showed like his feet getting longer. And, and the pain and of him was, actually yeah, transforming and stuff like that. For that time, was really. I, I don't. I must say, I probably saw it a lot later than that. So, I, but I do Ooh. remember it. I, Sorry, I'm just thinking of a euphemism for furry glove. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rose, you're going that way. My new band name, John Landis's Furry Glove. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course, it led to obviously the thriller video. Michael Jackson yeah, saw that, yeah, that and, was, and, and yeah. the, the effects were recreated in that. But yeah. at the time, I mean, we reviewed American Werewolf four years ago, possibly yeah. one of our first Halloween one, specials. One very drunken night. Yeah. One very drunken night. And we were talking, it's not just the comedy, it's not just the horror, it's very intelligent writing. The whole thing is great. The use of music we decided oh, the was an overriding amazing. factor. I don't remember yeah. the soundtrack. I don't it was great. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I'm a big fan well, of Bad Moon Rising. Good. Oh, I like that one. That's, that's Blue my Moon. favourite. Blue Moon, moon Dance by uh, Van Morrison. No, it's the, so there's a theme. Yeah, yeah. 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 there's a moon. <laughs> there's a moon theme. Okay, I've got that, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, the soundtrack. Because fantastic. I never saw yeah. the film when it first came out, so I, it took me... Probably, I mean, when did you say the film came out? I think it was 82. Things about you on 82. Very I'm, early. I may well have seen it in the 90s then because I don't remember. I mean, I remember there was a, a really terrible follow up to it. Yeah, American Paris. in Paris. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, so have you not seen it since? I've never, I've I watched it when I watched it in the 90s. I've never watched mm. it since. Go back again. Yeah. Go back again with that old eyes. It's one that actually does stand the test of time. There's yes. a few bits in it. That you think, oh, okay. that's a bit. I've old, got like but, a to do yeah. list of rock, um, to do list of horror films I want to see. Mm. That's I mean, I mean, like Hellraiser. We brought up Hellraiser. Earlier. Yeah, it's one of my favourite films. And yeah, maybe I should put that on there as well. Well, it, for Paul to like it as a horror movie, it's got really to be something a bit yeah. special. Isn't I'm it? really shocked. And I, when we get to the Lost Boys, I will tell you why I'm really shocked because um, we were watching the movie, the movie last night, and it was very much. And, I was really getting into it, mm. but like I said, when we get to Lost Boys, okay. I have to tell, tell us, you about tell that. Tell us yeah, the tell story. Yeah. Um, so, Scott, I, I, I yes, watch Scott. American Werewolf probably once a year. It's, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's one of those ones that I can go okay. back to. There's, there's bits in it, like, mm. uh, there's, there's just so funny butt make you jump. The bit in the bathroom, he's having a piss, and the bathroom cabinet door is just slightly yeah. open. So he pushes it closed to see his mate with but the face melting off. You've seen that a thousand oh, times, but it's it? done so much when better. Did you last watch it then? When, was, when did you last watch it then? Uh, probably. Was it four years ago? Four years ago, yeah. But I watched it so many times. I've seen it on the big screen, like recently. Yeah. Different screenings and that. And it's just 
just doesn't lose its appeal for me. It's a bloody good choice. Man. I, I feel now that I should go back. No. Being a big horror fan, especially in the 80s, I, yeah. I feel I, should, I need to go back and watch he's, that now. He's widely regarded as a classic. It's a cla- oh, yeah, I agree, yeah. it's a classic. If, if ever I'm like down Devon or anywhere like yeah. that, where there's driving in the dark, especially across <laughs> moors, there's lots of driving like in the dark that, in Devon. Okay. It, it's, it always gives you a little bit of. Well, don't chill. forget also, you've got Brian Glover. In the film, you've got a very Rick young Mayle. Rick Mayle. Mayle's in it, yeah. yeah. Great film. Playing Hearts in the Slaughtered Lamb. Yes, absolutely. Mayle. And they shut off Piccadilly Circus to film that whole scene at the end. And if, if you get a chance to look at the documentary after you've watched it, just have a look I, how it was all I created. I think that's going to be long yeah. to do. When yeah. I get back now, I think I never, to be fair. Do they have internet down yeah. We've only got electricity We've, we've last just got year. electricity <laughs> last year. Rainbows in black and white. Eat babies. We like babies. We're rural, but we're not that rural. It's only 25 miles from Plymouth. Okay. My choice. Yes, your yes. choice. Sure. What's your choice? Mine's from 82, again. Mm-hmm. Um, Smokey from the Rated H Horror Podcast. Mm. I think this is his favourite horror film. I'm pretty sure it's my favourite horror film. It falls under a very small category of films where there are no female characters. Okay. Um, The other two I can think of is 12 Angry Men. Yeah. And in Lawrence of Arabia, there is one female character, but she doesn't say a word. Just like why we like it. Yeah. <laughs> Joke. Joke. Yeah, we got that, yeah. So <laughs> ex-wives are listening, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> None of our family ever listen to anything we do. Um, it's The Thing. That's a good call. The thing. I haven't seen that for years. I have. It is a good film. Yeah. Paul, it last is. time you saw it? Paul You've has never, never seen, seen it. The Thing. Yes, no, I have no s- idea what it's about. You're apart joking. from The Thing. Right, um... We are going to be watching this very soon. I'll be watching it with you. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you like it. You're not oh, feeling your confidence, is it? Okay. I, I obviously can't give too much away if you haven't seen it, but then again, it's 30 plus years old, so it's like, you know, spoilers are a given, but it's Kurt Russell. Right. It's John Carpenter, the man who made Halloween. Okay. Okay. Legend. It's a remake of a 1950s thing. Yeah, I remember a black and white yeah. sort of poster of it. Yeah. Basically, what it is. It's an Antarctic research station, eight, nine, ten guys there, and there's a Norwegian station so many miles away that's been attacked by an alien. This alien presence has taken over, but they don't know that, you know. Mm. And, and through a careful process of elimination and various blood tests, and an they discover that this brilliant. this alien can take over one single part of your body and then replicate you. Okay, is yeah. that horror though, or is that vaudeville? Like, is that like? Just sorry, don't mm. mean to be rude, but does that not come under the genre of like alien? Do we class alien it is sci-fi? It is sci-fi. sci-fi. I would class alien as a sci-fi well, horror. The film Alien, would you not class that as a horror? No, I don't. I would. Mm. I'd class sci-fi that as a sci-fi horror. horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't class it as horror at all. I class it as thing sci-fi. is definitely a horror film. Oh yeah, it's it, yes, I agree. Which is, I just wanted to see where sometimes when you have got alien and horror, it's like where does yeah, the, well, where's the line? There? Where's but, the line? But the, the, the line can blur, can't it? I uh, think. Of course. I think. It's, like Predator, for example, mm. alien or horror. 
alien action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not horror, um, but yeah. it's it can be like that film. Predator. Predator. Yeah. yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Again. The thing with the the thing with the thing. The thing with the thing <laughs> is the thing. we were talking about practical effects. Mm. Rob Bottin, who'd done the practical effects with the thing, creates something absolutely spectacular in this film. And again, if you watch, there's a three-hour documentary on the making of it. You, it's, it's just incredible that the way this thing was made. They, they recreated this Antarctic station in Canada somewhere, I think, or Newfoundland, somewhere, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, somewhere, um, and waited for the snows to come so that it looked like the Antarctic wastelands. And they just filmed up there for God knows how many weeks. And it's just this whole sense of isolation, mm. this whole sense of dread that there's something there and any one of them could be infected, but they don't know. So it's a lot of mistrust, and there's a lot of... So almost, trying to simplify a bit, a bit of a whodunit. There is a very whodunit, but because you don't know who's been... Yeah. And even at the end, there's a bit of it doubt as well. It was it the was butler. That done it, in the conservatory with the lead pipe. Now, <laughs> but the combination of John Carpenter's direction, Kurt Russell... It's must totally have been young. Well, it was pre um, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh, 82, early Probably. 30s, late 20s, Maybe early 30s. Yeah. yeah. But it's just this whole set because you don't know yourself who's infected. So that gives you the edge of the seat thing for That's a start. That's the good thing. I like mm. films like that. Though, yeah. yeah. That you don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. and the director makes sure that you don't know. Yeah, and and, like, and, say, and yeah. also if they go down the line of, they point you towards the person. And it's, but there, it's there, is, there is a lot of misdirection yeah. in the film as well. That's what I like about movies: misdirection. Yeah, yeah. and especially even with, in the horror genre, you know, it's, if you don't know who the killer is. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favourite films is *Usual Suspects*. I know it's not horror, mm. but it's like you don't know who that person is. Yeah. And you then again, we reviewed that, and you sussed it just, out. With just, <laughs> did you? Yeah. I know. I didn't get it to the end, and I was still sat there thinking. I think Liam got that. it as well, didn't yeah. he? Everybody got uh, it at the beginning, but also, oh, where was I going? It was this whole sense of mistrust, as I say. Mm. But it's the resolution of it as well, and, and even people go back and watch the film again and again, and it's like, well, hang on, he could have been infected at that point. Mm. So mm. who infected? him or was he not actually infected and they've killed him for no reason yeah. Paul yeah. we've got to watch it I would like are you okay with gore in oh films? absolutely right yeah. there is a ton of it but it's alien tentacle it's gore a, yeah. mainly you know I think I'm going to, um, to go back and watch yeah. it alien tentacle porn alien tentacle yeah <laughs> which is <laughs> another genre we must examine <laughs> yeah. yourself for yeah um, you just invite me down from that one <laughs> I feel I need to input on that one as well I I'm like so surprised but then again no as I said at the top of the show, you surprise me so often for that film you haven't seen. Incredible. I'm really, really I'm, I'm here to, to be educated. I'm here to okay. be educated. We will uh, educate you on all things The Thing. It's a shame we've reviewed it because that would have made a great one for Halloween. Um, <clears throat> I, I will lend you a copy or you can watch it anyway. You've got it anyway. So, Any honourable mentions? Anyone want to bring anything else up? So I think we've all mentioned about Hellraiser, which was that was something completely different when it came out. Yeah, something different. The, yeah. It, that again, that was more on the horrificness of it, wasn't it? It was yeah. the the meat hooks and the, oh, ripping the flesh oh, apart. Yeah, and all that. yeah, yeah. That was more 
you can't watch but you have to watch sort of thing. Do you know what made it uneasy for me? The fact that it was like a, it was filmed in England, or well, actually it was filmed in America, but set in England, I think it was. And it had this general atmosphere of a, a, a twee British movie that suddenly went all dark and twisted mm. and quite gory, actually, like yeah, you say. I, say I, I think the only reason I watched that or went to see them was because I had friends that were going, oh, you've got to see the yeah. gore, you've got to see this bit. And it was, it, it wasn't the fact that they were great stories or great films. It was just at the time that was the most horrific thing you could see on screen. Well, it was, yeah. It was It was about the same sort of time as the first Freddy film, I think. Um, yeah, Freddy was more... Uh, Freddy was Hollywood, wasn't yeah, it? It was very glossy. Freddy, Freddy yeah. had a story, and it was the... Freddy was more psychological, I think. That was trying to put into your consciousness that you'd be frightened to sleep and things yeah, like yeah. that. Whereas Hellraiser was just an out-and-out gore-fest. Well, um, obviously, a lot of franchises going on now. Yeah. What would you say is your favourite franchised film? Well, not necessarily horror, just franchise. No, no, horror film. That's, uh, because, obviously, a lot of... There are, don't you? You've got at least five or six from the 80s that are probably of peace now. But mm. what, you know, that you can watch. I mean, me, myself, I can, I watch, I have the box set. I've got all of the Elm Street movies because yeah. um, I'm addicted to them. But, you know, for example, what, what would you say is your favourite franchise I'm not, film? I'm not a massive fan of the Hellraiser. And to be honest... One prob- and two were good. Yeah, and to be honest, I've probably only seen one, two and part of three. Yeah. Seen all of the Friday the 13th, all of the, all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I get tired of Friday the 13th. I, I, I love it, but yeah, at some point, you. I, this is an interesting yeah. fact, and this is a true story, and I know this. Did you know that Friday the 13th has the most kills in a franchise movie? It's That's not surprising, because there's like... It kills everybody. Yeah, but, ten, but ten movies true. or whatever. Um, uh, I don't know why I know this fact. It's a random horror fact, but yeah. yes, Friday the 13th has, out of all the you know, Halloween's... I think we've got like ten movies now. Friday the 13th's got... 12, 13, I think. Is it that many? It's been good. Well, they're redoing them. Oh, and then you've got the Freddy versus Jason and all that uh, as well. I watched that. You say Freddy versus Jason. I wanted that to be really good. Yeah. But I found it, and I'm I'm the biggest Freddy fan, and I watched that, and I thought it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was, I mean, I I love Freddy Krueger. And don't forget, I, I like him, I like Jason. But bringing them together, so basically Freddy Krueger is haunting Jason's dreams to tell him to go and kill. Yeah. He doesn't need an excuse to go and kill. Why is Freddy telling him to go and kill someone when, when Jason can go and kill someone anyway? That's, this, that's, I just didn't get it. I, this I don't, is a man who's gone too much into his horror movies. I think. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big, and I start reading it then. I start looking, right, so basically uh, Jason's been re, re-brought back to life again because yep. he, he's only been brought back so many times. And Freddy Krueger brings him back to haunt his dreams so Freddy Krueger can get him to kill people. But I'm thinking, he doesn't need an excuse. Why are you haunting him to go and find somebody else? <laughs> because Jason Voorhees doesn't need anyone to, to tell him to go and kill somebody. He's quite happy doing it himself. What other franchises are there? Halloween. Halloween. Hellraiser, Freddy. Aliens started in the 70s, but we had a fair few like, aliens and mm. Alien 3 and all that in the 80s. Um, oh, one of. Oh, 
What's the one with Tremors? Was what's, Tremors in the 80s? What's the one Bruce Campbell? Yeah, it's somebody horror. Bruce oh, Campbell. Living, uh, Evil Dead. Living Evil, Dead. Evil, Evil Dead. Dead 1, 2, and the 3, which was terrible. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that was... Funny enough, when I first saw that, um, absolutely scared the poo out of me because it was so... There was so much blood. I, mean, I like blood, but it was like... <laughs> This is overkill blood, you know. I mean, I like him. I mean, when I look now, it's, it's comedy. It's, it's comedy horror now. Yeah. But, um, Brain Dead. That's not a franchise, though, is no, it? No, but I mean, Peter Jackson. that just reminds me of just like those. It's just that was just non gore, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, franchise wise, I think, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. They're the main ones. Whenever you say 80s horror, instantly it's Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. and Friday the 13th, I isn't think it? So, um, yeah. oh, but then, Exorcist. Didn't they do a two and a three, the heretic and all that? But then, I'll just add one then. Um, I mean, the Exorcist was, the first one was, I mean, it was groundbreaking, wasn't it? The thing with the Exorcist, it was, it was... Scream was 90s, wasn't it? 90s, yeah. yeah. That was terrible anyway. No, Not Jaws. You're going to say Jaws, aren't you? Because I've seen that on your phone. Yeah. Jaws, 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 it would have been Jaws 3 and 4 and... Was two still in the seventies or was two in the seventies? His favourite film of all time. I tell you, um, I'm not hundred percent sure. Child's play. Yes. Chucky. Oh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah, Poltergeist, and um, Child's mm. play. There you go. Two films. There are some franchises. There are, yeah, 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 there yeah. are. I've just suddenly, yeah. suddenly got the. I mean, I mean, Chucky. I mean, I, I love the character. I think he's great. He's <laughs> just so great. Unfortunately, they've just carried it on a bit. I mean, they just released one last year. Sort of the curse of yeah, but yeah, they don't, they, I think most most of these franchises have reached saturation point. I'm looking forward to the new Halloween just to see Jamie Lee Curtis because you're supposed She's to back. yeah, and you're yes. supposed to ignore three onwards, aren't you? This picks up from they the do end that of two, with a lot of films. Though. I, have, I don't know if you know, not just horror, but they'll bring out a film and say right, just ignore the last one because this yeah. is the one that carries on. We're going to reboot. Three. We're going to yeah. reboot. Yeah, it's happened. Uh, I know it's not horror. But it, they did it with Superman. They, they did Superman Returns. They did they? Superman yeah. Returns. They said, forget about Superman 4, because yeah. this, this carries on from Superman 3 now. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, but all that ever happened. Point, even to a point with Star Wars, you had 1, 2, 3, which became 4, 5, 6, when they brought out 1, 2, and 3, and now they brought out no, I think 7, and 8, and whatever, and it's just like... It's... It's one of these subjects, 80s horror is too big a subject to talk about in half an hour, and we will come back to it, we say this quite often, we'll come back and talk about this subject mm. again at another point, I'm sure we will, because if Liam were here tonight, he would have been joining in wholehearted with you and with Freddie and, and, and Jason, definitely. Uh, let's take a quick break, we're going to talk Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So where are you? The flying nun? I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stick. 
You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, they're coming! Oh, Okay, The Lost Boys, released in the USA on the 31st of July, 1987, directed by Joel Schumacher, starring Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Diane West, is it Diane West, West or East? Diane West. Diane, we've got Diane, Diane West. Well, it's German, it's uh, it's not West, it's not German. We shall now refer to her as Mum. Yeah. Throughout this, Barnard Hughes, Edward Herman, Kiefer Sutherland, Jamie Gertz, Corey Feldman, Jameson Newlander, and others. At this point, we will go into the review, but I've just been reminded we had a marvellous piece of feedback from our friend Jim over at the Film Thugs in Texas. Hi, Jim. It's a little bit late, this one, because it actually refers to Jackie Brown, which we reviewed Ooh, about three episodes ago, three or four. Yeah, ninety-eight, seven, ninety-eight, something yeah. like that. But it was all tied up in the fact that we review two shows or record two or three shows in a night. Jim obviously knew about it. Episode ninety-four sent in the thing, but anyway, it all got lost in transit. So usually it's five minutes with the film thugs. I think this runs about twelve. Five minutes with the film thugs. Hello, I'm assuming right off the bat. Hello, Scott, Liam, and Paul. Uh, If I'm missing anyone, if anyone unexpectedly is on, apologies. But otherwise, I'm just going to assume that's who I'm talking to. Before anything else, huge congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. That that is not easy. It is a lot of dedication to do. Uh, You guys did it intelligently, um, as opposed to Clarkson and I, who did it in 100 weeks. Because we said we're not missing a week until we've hit 100 that fucking madness is a great boot camp that makes okay shows. You guys actually took the time and thought about it and figured out how to get better each time as opposed to us. We're like, just keep going. So um, congratulations on that. Uh, also, you're, you guys were right. I don't, I don't really script this. Um, sometimes I'll hit a false start and have to start over. But by and large, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Realize Film Thugs is about to hit our 400th episode and Life Masters is almost there as well. I'm just used to doing this. So not that I'm so great. I'm just used to doing this. And yes, anytime this, this is an open statement. If you're ever in Texas, you absolutely are invited to record with us. If I'm ever in your neck of the woods in your time zone, I will fucking record with you guys. It's done. I'm not even asking permission. I'm just going to show up and we'll record. Uh, but great work. So before we go, uh, before we going into the main reason I'm, I'm sending you this Jackie Brown, I just want to talk very briefly about grizzly man. I sort of mentioned this, but I just got to say no fucking sympathy for that guy. I have sympathy for his girlfriend, but fuck that guy. I am not a nature guy. I don't camp. I don't hunt. I don't do any of that stuff. Because I respect the immense power of nature and it's, it's, uh, crippling indifference towards our existence uh with with this is some guys like i like bears so i'm gonna go be around bears and so fuck you show respect to something that's that much more powerful than you now let's dive into jackie brown before we dive into the film itself i need to tell you my quentin tarantino story uh well my first quentin tarantino story 
The headline on this sounds so much cooler than it is. Uh, the time I almost got into a fight with Quentin Tarantino. So uh, he used to annually host this film festival here in Austin at the original Alamo Draft House location. And, uh, you know, we'd just go check it out when we could. And one night he was doing his Spaghetti Western night and was showing two movies that I got a little bit snitty about. Because first off, I was having a shitty day and I was in a bad mood. Just uh. Secondly, none of them were Spaghetti Westerns. They were American Westerns from the 70s, but for some reason they insisted on calling them Spaghetti Westerns. And so I was up on my nerd high horse over that. So anyway, I'm standing there with my old roommate Dave and my future roommate Lee, who's just a good buddy at the time, uh, Lee Shipman, the one of the creators and executive producers of Netflix's show Hemlock Grove and AMC's show with Pierce Brosnan, The Sun. Very cool, uh, but a very good guy, good, good friend of mine. So we're standing there. I've got my back to the street. We're in the middle of this long line of a bunch of Jagoffs in Kangal hats waiting to see Tarantino. Staying there talking, and all of a sudden I hear a line, uh, uh, a voice behind me. Motherfucker, you fucking blow so fucking hard, man. And I just dead eye both of my friends. I'm like, I'm gonna get into a fight here because I'm not in the mood for that shit. Ball up, ball up the, the little the little hammer the good Lord saw fit to put at the end of my arm and turn around about to say something and lock eyes with Quentin Tarantino, who doesn't lock eyes with me because he's talking to the person in line behind us who apparently was with the group that was sponsoring the event and was supposed to have done something with Quentin that afternoon, but somehow wasn't able to get in touch with him. I very quickly hastened my back, you know, just turn, turn away. Nope, didn't almost punch Quentin Tarantino. My friends were like, you almost started a fucking fight with Tarantino, didn't you? I was like, shut up, man, shut up. So that was my somewhat interesting Quentin Tarantino story. Now, this one is, is very self-congratulatory, and I apologize in advance but I think you'll like it. So Dave, the aforementioned gentleman from the past story, got tickets to the premiere, the Austin premiere, which is I think might have been like the second or third public screening of Jackie Brown. Uh, right off the bat, this movie really caught my attention because it was so different, but yet similar in feel to what Quentin had done before. It was such a cool departure for him. Personally, it is, I think, possibly the best movie he's made. It is his most mature. It shows the most growth. It is the most sort of versatile kind of in the way that it, that it's put together and everything. I, I just think it's a really amazing movie that is just criminally overlooked and appallingly underrated. It, it's, it's a phenomenal film. Uh, part of what I like about it is it has probably my third favorite character in any Tarantino movie in it. Uh, my first is, was, ever will be Mr. Blonde, Vic Vega himself. Always been a fan of his since the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs. I was like, okay, this is the interesting character in this. This is the only character I'd want to play. I fucking love this guy. Always been my favorite. My second favorite character is a bit of a cheat, but my second favorite character is anyone played by Christoph Waltz in one of his movies. I goddamn love Christoph Waltz. I think it's a perfect combination of people. Uh, writer, director. He delivers Tarantino stuff so beautifully. And uh, even apparently in Hateful Eight, he was supposed to play the Tim Roth part which would have been cool. Another side note, I'm just sort of proving that I don't script these things. I just kind of go off the top of my head. Did you guys know that the role of Snape in the Harry Potter movies was originally offered to Tim Roth, who turned it down because he was making Planet of the Apes? Uh, that's a true story. Uh, and it sounds weird until you look at the way Snape is written in the books. Rickman 
is off the charts fantastic love him wouldn't change him for the world but think about the way snape looks is as described in the book and in the drawings in the books that's fucking tim roth it's tim roth period so that little side my third favorite character is max cherry from cherry bail bonds robert uh, Robert Parker's performance of that, uh, sorry, Robert Parker, what the fuck? Robert Forrester's performance in that part is so absolutely perfect because what I love about Jackie Brown is if you really look at it, the main thing at play in that film is underestimating people. Whoever you underestimate is going to be the one who fucks you over in the end. Jackie is 10 steps ahead of everybody but nobody thinks she is. They all underestimate her and that ends up destroying them. Max is also smart. He's a few steps behind Jackie, but he's a few steps ahead of everyone else. The way that, that Forrester plays him with that idea in mind is beautiful. He is this calm in control. You're only going to know what I want you to know when I want you to know it plays the cards close to the vest, but at the same time comes off just like a regular guy. It is such a low key, believable, just beautifully executed performance in an incredibly made film that I think gets just wildly overlooked. This has some of his best dialogue, some of his coolest characters, all of that. Now, go to the premiere. Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Mike Judge, and Richard Linkletter are sitting three rows in front of me for the entire film. The entire film, these men are sitting there we're being as cool as we can. Like, holy shit, we're watching fucking Jackie Brown with Quentin Tarantino. This is fucking incredible. Uh, afterwards, they do a Q&A. So many people showed up, they ended up running the show, running the movie in two theaters. So they said, hey, instead of doing the Q&A here where half the people miss out on it, there's a Barnes & Noble. They've said it's cool if we come over. You guys down downstairs, us upstairs on the railing, like fucking Nero addressing the crowd, answering questions. By the way, two people separately asked, what was in that bong you were smoking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worst thing about pot is the people who smoke it because goddamn, they can be the fucking most insufferable people in the world whenever jokes about the pot come up. <laughs> it's fucking irritating. So question and answer ends. Good time had by all. I We leave. My buddy goes home and I call up this girl I'm sort of dating. We're, you know, not gotten too serious, but we've gone out once or twice. I call her, said, hey, I just saw this movie. You know, we didn't eat beforehand. Would you like to go get something to eat? Because Austin's one of those, you know, breakfast 24-hour places. There's so many of those here, at least at the time. I don't know what it's like now because I avoid that place. But uh, we go to this place called Kirby Lane, the north location. This means nothing to you, but yet I'm telling you. Um, We go there. And Mike Judge walks past me while I'm waiting for a table. And I was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Judge. Just got to say, I've been a fan of Beavis and Butthead since the original Spike and Mike's. Love your work. Take care of your voice so you don't blow it out. I want you to be able to keep doing that, man. But thank you. He's like, oh, thanks. He's a good guy. I ended up working on Idiocracy, which if you ever do that, I'll send you something about it. I ended up working on that with him. He's a solid, cool guy. Although the coolest person in the world from that is Terry Crews, which at some point I will tell you about. Um then someone's like, oh, yeah, like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are back there. And I look at this girl and this is where I go into self-congratulatory bragging. You seen the Lost Boys? You know, Jamie Gertz, Angel from that. Imagine her, but Mexican. That's who I was there with. She was fucking gorgeous. 
I'm like, just follow me. Walk over. I'm like, see him sitting there. Walk up to Quentin. I go, don't want to interrupt. Very sorry. Don't want your autograph or anything. I just wanted to say I met you. Shake your hand and say thank you for your movies. I love both of them, all three of the movies you've made so far. Keep it up, man. I fucking love what you're doing. He was like, well, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Stepped past, literally stepped past him at that point to leave him alone to eat. Hey, Mr. Rodriguez, I took Charles Ramirez Berg's film history class at UT. He talks about you. He's like, dude, that guy's such a great teacher. I said, I know. He uses your stuff in class. He talks about you. Uh, just, I'm really proud to have gone to the same university. I'm from San Antonio as well. Thanks for repping my city so well, man. He was like, oh, thanks a lot. And then link letter I spoke to for a moment. And then we left. I'm not saying that uh, that's the second time that a movie helped me get laid because it wasn't. It was a few times in between, but that was the first time that my how to talk to celebrities worked on impressing a girl. And how do you talk to celebrities? Don't waste their time. Don't be an asshole. Say thank you and move on. Act like you f- to quote. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I, I think it might have been Lombardi, uh, an American football coach, who said, uh, "Act like you've been there before." Just act like you've been, don't make a big deal about it. Be nice, be on your way. And uh, I do think that that helped me out a lot. But regardless, uh, I love the movie. Love what you guys are doing with the show. Keep it up. Keep getting better. And uh, we'll have to figure out how to get this whole ocean and giant chunks of land out of the way to be able to record together. We're going to figure this out, I promise you. Until next time, you guys keep it real. You guys keep it frosty. And I'll catch you on the, on the other side. Amazing. As always, Jenny Gad. Thank you. Is that the first time you've heard Jim? Um, I've never heard him before, but I like it. Have a listen to the film, folks. Him and Clarkson do. I'm not going to say it's the best podcast, Jim. I'm sorry, but it's ours. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very close run thing. I love these guys. These guys influenced me to start the podcast and I've always made no secret of that and I thank them for you know that they helped us to get to 100 episodes and they've been there from day one they've been our staunchest supporters a couple of things I mean initial viewing of Jackie Brown I was wrong it wasn't until I watched it this time that I realised what a fucking great film that is I went through exactly the same hated it first time Mm. and adored it the second time and and his opinion on the best character in there um, yeah Robert Forster yeah yeah, Yeah. he, he was superb the way he just let everyone else manipulate the the scenario into what he wanted to happen. And he was just there, yeah. is he? One step ahead, or just yeah. two steps behind Jackie it, Brown, but it, one step ahead, yeah. Uh, he never came across as the nasty person. He was just cool, calm, collected. Let everyone else fuck themselves over. Yeah. And he'd be there waiting at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was a brilliant film. With regard to recording, if we can work out the time zones, it shouldn't be too difficult. We can Skype this. So I'm Texas. assuming they're what six, seven, six, seven hours behind. Yeah, Texas is uh, middle to it's five New York, eight LA, isn't it? Yeah, I think, so from where we are, yeah, it's somewhere, somewhere in the, the middle. middle. So, Jim, I know you record. I'm sure you record on the Sunday with Clarkson, sort of Sunday lunchtime over there. So they're behind. So we'd have to. Take so we could do like a Sunday evening, but we have yeah. to make sure we book Monday off from work. But then again, we could do anything. You or know, we could work around it. If on, we get them to record on a. Friday night, which might be our Saturday sort of. However, it works time. out. We'll, we'll we'll have a little think. I mean, we've also got to choose 
something to talk about. I think, Jim, when we spoke about this previously, he mentioned reviewing a film called Facing the Crowd. Okay. I know for a fact, Paul, you will not get on with that film. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I just, just know. I know you too well, Paul, that you will just not get on with that. We'll think of something. We'll find. I want something a bit fun that we can actually have a good laugh about while we're talking and, and, and not get too serious and too heavy, but we will... We will find something, some common fucking ground to actually, you know, have a decent fucking transatlantic conversation. One thing I need to mention to you, Ed, yes. um, Jim. Jim, you're going to have to correct me on this, or I'm going to have to go back to one of our old episodes where he sent some feedback. Okay. Jim auditioned at one part. Jim's a big guy. Jim's six foot seven, I think. Jim, I'm not too sure. Big, big guy. <laughs> Audition for the part of Michael Myers in one of the Halloween movies. No way, so really? It's, yeah, it's either that or. Um, Michael Myers is a big guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, the, the actor, I can't remember, his name's Kane or something Kane like Hodder. that. Kane Hodder. Kane mm. Hodder. Yeah, that's it. Um, was it Michael Myers or was it... Um, not talking my genre. Jason. 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 Yeah. Might have been Jason. One of, Jim, help me out. Kane Hodder is, is, um, is um, Friday the 13th. Kane Hodder was Friday the 13th. Yeah. Definitely. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was either Jason or Michael Myers that um, Jim actually auditioned for. Wow. So but he ain't got to say anything, has he? Just stand there with a friend of the show and a true friend. Thank you very much. We were we were talking earlier about trying to get this organised about skyping and stuff like that. We will work it out, Jim. We're gonna, we're looking forward to it, my friend. Okay, eighties um, horror. Let's talk Lost Boys, and it's your choice as the guest. Um, I'm going to say us. thank thank you very much for having me. I mean, I'm from Plymouth, so I'm really really <laughs> we're not like holding that I'm really you. liking I'm really liking being here. Yes, um, talking horror. It is my thing. Um, I know it's not Paul's thing, but he's he's joining in, bless him, with his uh, girly likes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. us why The Lost Boys. Why have you chosen? Why? It was the first vampire film I ever saw. Really? It was the first one. Wow. When I was younger, um, I remember Hammer House of Horror used to do, mm. obviously, vampire. But this was the first one that was, like, not, not what I call stereotypical it wasn't I mean you had like cushion that kind of genre mm. but this was the first vampire film that came out that didn't look like a vampire film true it was cool it was you know I mean when I watched it when when I watched it, when it came out it was like they, they looked cool I wanted to be I wanted to be a vampire no, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted you know they looked cool they, they didn't look like grey teeth you know, like capes and yeah, it wasn't like this. Was the first one that I saw, and it wasn't stereotypical. You know, there wasn't mm. like um, you know, you get like obviously Peter Cushing. There's no co- there's no coffins in this movie, is there's there? No, there's no, there's none of that. There's nothing. And the good thing about it is, it's not. Yes, it is a vampire movie. Yes, yeah, but it's not. It's not stereotypical, and I like that about it because. I'm a massive vampire fan, and um, I'll get on to why later. But um, no, I'm worried. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna yes. get a scarf on. <laughs> yeah, a scarf on. But I'm, I'm I'm a massive vampire fan, and um, obviously we've talked about um, my favourite horror film. But um, as genre films go, as far as uh, vampire esque, it has to be a good vampire film, mm-hmm. and. This was the first time that I saw this. So this this came out in eighty seven. And you were about I was sixteen or seventeen at the time. Yeah. So it was probably hired on because I didn't go to the cinema. I don't even know what it was rated when it first came out. 
I think he got an R because there's a lot of fucks and God knows there's a, there a lot of blood in it there's a lot of blood in it towards the end towards less the end. than I remembered actually I thought well, there was when, more when we watched it last night I remember the bath scene it was a lot more bloody than I thought and, and oh that yeah, sorry yeah of course yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair I mean I, I've seen it loads of times I've seen it loads of times I'm a, I'm a massive I do like Keith I mean Keith Sutherland is an absolute awesome vampire <laughs> he plays the role really really good and he's just good and I must when I was younger that was the look that I wanted okay I, want, I wanted to look like Keith Sutherland obviously was, you had hair then right, you knew what I <laughs> you knew me when I had hair yes I had hair yes I once upon a time I had hair so Keith Sutherland was the cool look to be he yeah. was yeah, yeah Keith Sutherland at that particular time obviously you know we know him from 24 but at that particular time I and mean, obviously there's another movie that he was in that you know you talk about another time, but at that particular time, his look. The, I know it was very eighties. Showed pads, is this uh, earrings. They kind of like the, the mullet, blonde, the blonde hair. Is this pre flatliners, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little exactly. bit later. And that's, I love that movie as well. I love yeah. that movie. That's and a great movie. In our next episode, we're talking Stand by Me, which is what you were referring to, and Keith yes. is going to be in that as well. Exactly. Um, yes. He is this bully, but he's, he's got that. Like, I can see what you say is that cool look and. To a 16-year-old English boy, I saw that, that was cool, yeah? I saw that, and I thought, that's the look that I want. I mean, I was kind of verging. It was kind of like when I was going into into rock at the time. Yeah. But it was very kind of like, that's the look I want, earring. I couldn't get away with an earring, obviously, it that was a bit, so, uh, a bit Billy Idol-esque. Yeah, but yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. In fact, yes, he... He had that Billy Idol look, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he did. The blonde um, hair. Blonde hair. hair. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing, because it was, it's your first vampire movie, so you really haven't got these sort of preconceptions of I, Christopher I, Lee. You're aware of them uh, in pop culture I mean, and stuff. Oh, yeah, so like I knew, that, yeah. I knew about because obviously my mum you have a house of horror Sunday night. You know, yeah. it was on. Yeah, I mean, you know, the black and white. So I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of the the vampire film, but this was the first film. All of a sudden, I, there's a the, movie for your generation the, that comes out and I makes think it that's cool. What they did. They mm. made it was yes, it was the eighties, but it, it was what I call pop culture. It was like kind of they brought it out for teenagers. Mm. Obviously, that's what I was. Yeah, and they brought it. They they kind of like made vampirism cool, popular, and cool before Buffy. <sighs> well, not before Buffy. <laughs> we were saying in the break. Actually, two years before this, Fright Night came out, which sort of probably set yes. the ground, you know, the groundings yeah, for this, right. because that was a very modern twist on the vampire mm. thing. I think Monster Squad came out, which again was more traditional monsters and things like that. Let's just briefly go to Paul. Yes. <laughs> Who is Paul? Not, we, loves, as we know, we know Paul loves horrors. <laughs> not. Let's see. The first time. It's not a first time watch, is it? For you? No, yeah. no. I I remembered watching it as a teenager, yeah. and I think back then I sort of. I think you sort of enjoyed it because it was it was a cool film at the time, yeah. so you had to sort of like it to to try and be. It was a massive movie. At yeah, the time it was. I remember, yeah. right? and it was massive. I remember. I'm a big Jim Morrison Doors fan, so yes. I remember Echo and the Bunnyman yep. doing uh, Peter Strange. Strange. Yep. Great tune. Mm. And from that, I thought that I remembered the soundtrack as being really good. Oh yeah, uh, and I say last night. No, last night last we watched night it. We watched it yeah, um, 
yeah, apart from that one you song. Fan, you? You um, fan, you? I, I know, I see your face. To me, the, the whole film, or a good majority of it, was filmed like an 80s pop video. Yes. Lots of hair, lots of like a, shoulder it pads. Like, it was like a Duran Duran video, it wasn't was. it? That's I mean, basically, yeah. The, can I just bring something in yes. at this moment? Yeah. Ben who is the other host of the Rated H Horror Podcast, who mm. I met up with last week. Hi, Ben. When I told him we were reviewing Lost Boys, his instant reaction was, greased-up, mullet, chain-wearing saxophone guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I, I, I picked up on that, that instantly <laughs> last night. Last night. That was and exactly I was like, <laughs> what the fuck ben has a bit you of, got? Ben has a bit of a man crush on that man. Um, and I was sitting there at the edge of my seat waiting for that part to come along. And, and it, it came is... along, didn't it? And you were like, there. Paul. Uh, what did you say? Yeah. Paul I, was like, I, what the, I was what just the like, fuck is this? Apart from it's a shit song, who the fuck would go on a stage semi-naked, greased up, playing well, a saxophone? Have, have you never watched Huge Priest? <laughs> <laughs> but it is typical of that age. That, uh, like you said, there was lots of montage type yeah, filming, it, it isn't it? It felt like it, a, a cheesy pop video mm. of someone like, I don't know, Richard Marks or something like really? that, you know, with well, all heavier, the, yeah. the, the hair yeah. on that Michael's. Was it Michael? Michael, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just put there. Pretty boy. Pretty boy, yeah. Do you know what I think it is? It's the MTV era. Yeah. You know, MTV only but, sort of kicked off two or three years previous to this. Well, to and and, and yeah. attention spans for kids would revolved around a three-minute pod video. Yeah. And how do you keep people's attention over an hour and a half? Well, you do three-minute segments where we'll play a three minute bit of music and we'll have this mm. bit of action going over it then we'll play another three minute but bit of music also you could tell from that film Goonies influence definitely you want, yeah you wanted it to be definitely that. Goonies that, before because, or Goonies after was this yeah um, I think we very close but yeah the bits in the house where they're trying to keep the vampires, the vampires out, out yeah. it's all yeah Goonies little traps and Going into the caves, and it was all yeah. It, it's you didn't like, like it, did you? Didn't like it would be a bit I too sat, easy. I, on I it. was sat there. I, I was sat there, and I was loving it. And I, the thing is, I was your turn, favorite film. I, I I was turning to Paul, and I was watching his face, and he was on his phone. He was doing everything apart from watching the film. And I, I did. I, watch I know, it. I know, I got, I got the watch yeah. it, but what I'm saying is. It was like I could. I was like getting into and, it. And don't get me wrong; it's nothing to do with the genre. It's nothing because it it wasn't. I wouldn't even class that as a horror film. To be honest, not, it barely scraped through as a vampire film. <laughs> um, I think. I think it's 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 kind of like I think what the what the what they were trying to do was like make it cool. Make it cool for that mm. kind of time. Because we go, 87. It yeah. was cool for that time. That's, That's the yeah. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that I, time. I do not deny that one bit. Yeah. I'm saying is, 30 years later, it is a film that definitely does not stand the test of time. And I've been I tripped. I disagree. I've been tripped Am I allowed up. to disagree with yeah. you? You can defend as much as you want. It's I, your movie. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I, I am going to disagree with Paul. Yeah. Um, you should purely, on the ba- purely on the basis that it is, I say, I grew up. It got me into vampires. Um, I say I'll tell you about the. I love vampire films anyway, but this was the first vampire film that I saw, and because it was so cool, 
I wanted to be that person. I wanted to be Keith Sutherland. I'm not denying that. And at the point, yeah, if you take away the fact that you've seen it before, if you watch that film today for the first time, yes, 40 plus years old, okay, what what would you think? What would I think? You can't say that that film now. I would look at it and I would look at it and say, oh, it is dated. It's very camp. It's my honest opinion. If I looked, if I had never seen it before, um, if I looked at it like we did last night, I mean, there were some parts in it I was thinking, oh my god, they really need to get the CGI float, in that. The yeah. floating bits outside the yeah. bedroom window and that, that. Yeah, that. But don't forget, uh, back in eighty-seven, back in eighty-seven, that yeah. was that was. What to say? I am not denying but, you're 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 mixing up the fact that I, I think this was a shit film back then because I don't. No, I think good. that was that was it's probably a shit film great. now. You're thinking it's a shit I, film now. I'm yeah. saying I'm not saying it's a shit film. I'm saying it hasn't stood the test of time, and that's true for a lot of films. We say very often. Yeah, we yeah, exactly, we yeah. reviewed the Italian Job recently, mm. which, which I still love, and I'll probably yeah, say opinion. Which, as, which as I, then, as a child or yeah. early teenager, loved. It Don't was one of those films. Yeah. If you watch it now. It's dated. It, it, the the, it's the dated, difference in opinion is huge. I think, but then films can go the other you, way. If you go back, I think if you go back to any film that you saw in your childhood or teenage years, and you thought that was brilliant, yeah, you look back now, and I mean, I could probably watch Terminator now, and I think, oh my god, that's terrible. But when you're young, you think, oh, this is awesome. This is the film that I want to see. But no, it can I, go, it can I, go both ways. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. think that the. One of the points of a true classic film, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying there's many of them, but a true Ooh. classic Ooh. film Ooh. will <laughs> stand the test of Stepping time. Stepping on my toes here. And, yeah, and usually, <laughs> usually it's a film that tries not to set itself. So if, say... I know where you're going with this. If, if, say, a film was made in the 80s, but set in the 60s, right, it's already yeah. dated. So when you yeah. look back on it, it still well, depicts the 60s as we, they that, were. That, that, that you're saying is a film that we will review later. I, I was trying yeah. not to point <laughs> towards <laughs> that. So we, but People I, know I we're agree. Going to I agree, I agree. Yes, you're quite right. If... Um, I'm, I don't want to d- dwell on the film that we're going to review later, but you're quite right. Um, Lost Boys was a set in the 80s, and it's meant to be an I, 80s film. I would film. say, just to be generous with it, Lost Boys was for that moment in the 80s. Yeah, and it was. now it was. I, I watch agree. it. So, anyway, Scott, we haven't had your opinion Yes, yeah, sorry, yet. let's have Lost Boys. Watched it probably three or four times. When it came out, five, six times possibly. It was one of those ones because it was the big movie at the time. I was 16, 17, I was 18, I think, when it came out. Wasn't totally obsessed with it, but it was just like, yeah, cool vampire movie. Did you know much? Had you, I'm sorry to interrupt, had you had a perception of vampire movies before this to actually look at this? Hang on a minute, this is not Christopher Lee movie. Exactly, which is this, why I probably liked it at the time because yeah. my my perception of a Hammer horror, or, sorry, of a horror film, was Christopher Lee or Bella Lugosi or exactly. something like that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, cool. You know, we had Fright Night a couple of years before. Yeah. You know, the genre was sort of twisting a bit, and and things were sort of being upgraded and updated for the MTV generation. Probably watched it once or twice over the following twenty thirty years. You know, yeah. Tried to watch it about four or five years ago. Tried. And I didn't like it. Right? Oh, I 
No, no, I'm not saying I hated it, but I'm just saying my, my affection for it wasn't as great as it was when I was a teenager. And even as a teenager, I didn't love it. I just thought, yeah, it's a great vampire movie, you know. Watched it two nights ago. I enjoyed it because, as Paul said, you can see some of the goony type dialogue going there's, between the kids. There's, there there's a lot of Spielberg type stuff in there as well with the family relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mother in particular, divorced mother with two kids. Yeah. E.T., there we go for I a think, start. Yeah, I was going to say, hasn't she been in some... Diabetes was... Diabetes um, has been around for a long time. Hannah and her sisters, Birdcage, Bullets Over Broadway, Purple Rose of Cairo, a lot of Woody Allen sort of stuff. I was just there. about to say, it sounds like she was yeah, one of Woody yeah, Allen's yeah. favourites. Yeah. Definitely Woody Allen. But yeah, I struggled with it four or five years ago. But watching it two, three nights ago, I thought, okay. I, I went into it knowing that it was going to be a more of a difficult watch this time round. And I was watching it sort of expecting the 80s cheese. Mm. It's there, isn't expecting it? It's there. Expecting muscle-bound mullet wearing saxophonist. I was expecting that. You wanted the- but at the same time, it still worked out for me that we're going to be reviewing Stand By Me in the next episode. Yeah. Corey Feldman is not as good in this as he is in Stand By Me. We're going to be talking about I, that very I would, soon. Yes, yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to agree on that. I think he. But I think that whole family dynamic thing was quite funny, but then it just sort of didn't quite hit the mark. But I can see why it was so massive. Back in '87, whatever it was, it, don't forget, it was groundbreaking. And, and there Rochester's, hadn't been there hadn't been what I call a cool vampire movie that I think it was the rebirth of that sort of thing. Like I say, yeah. Buffy wasn't too long yeah. after this, was it? Or that was it mid '90s? Yeah, but you had the Buffy movie after this, didn't you? You did. So, oh, gosh, with Kiefer's that. dad, Donald Sutherland's in there. If I, I remember can't right, remember who starred in that? Kirsty Swanson. Kirsty Swanson. Yeah. yeah, but it's just weird. It's just this weird movie that's in the middle of all this franchise horror that's going on mm-hmm. in the 80s it's a grade above some of them for production value definitely above the Friday the 13th for production value Corey Hayne was in the Friday the 13th a couple of them wasn't he as well Corey Hayne was in one of them was he in one yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it I just didn't I'm not, not gonna. I'm not gonna rave about this movie. Right. I'm in no see, rush to watch it. I can. I see. Well, that's, yeah, it's your favourite movie. It, that's it why we're, we're talking yeah, about it's, it. It's, as I say, it's, it's nice to actually. I mean, I knew Paul. I knew Paul mm. would not like this movie, mm. or would not appreciate it the way that I do. How often do you watch it? <sighs> Probably every sort of five years. It's not. It's not like one on my playlist of movies to watch. Right. It's one of those films that I, you know, when I want to reminisce about my childhood, it's like I want to see this. You know, it's like you see, oh, I want to watch Lost Boys, I want to watch Highlander, I want to watch Commando, yeah. I want to watch, you know, it's like Yeah, we've all go- got those. Have we? yeah, Paul, have you got a sort of a turn to 80s movie that you go back to? You, you do. Blues Brothers, yeah. probably. Uh, see, I don't like Blues Brothers. Even, I, I don't like Even, them. I mean, um, if it's on the telly, things like Smokey and the Bandit or yeah, classic, Cannonball Run or things yeah. like that. Because, like, got, they're classic got movies. Them, People yeah. don't class... Lost Boys, and I don't mean to be argumentative, but people don't class Lost Boys as a classic, which is fine. I th- I th- I'm going to disagree. I think it's a cult classic now because Roger Sakino screened it a couple of weeks back. I think, and it was quite is, quite a popular screen. I quite think, popular. as I say, I was 16, 17. That was a cool film to watch, and if you hadn't seen it, you were like not cool. But looking back on it now, 
I still love it. You still love it? I still love it. I Paul, didn't you're not. looking back on it now? It wasn't the worst film I've seen. No, it's, um, it's, it's not totally unwatchable, is it? No, no. It's, 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 it's just the fault is a bit somewhere along the line, doesn't it? For us. We, I mean, we know you love it, Ed. We know and it's your favourite. This is favorite, true story. This is true story, yes. I say, for, for a film, if, if you go back to the 80s or early 90s and watch it, you'd appreciate it, it more than what if you saw it. Like I said, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I'm, I, it's nice that I've got the opportunity to actually talk about this film because, for me, it's very a passionate film. I I, I love it. I, I can watch it. I mean, I don't probably watch it as much as I should do. As much but as you I, should do. I, 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 but, I, but I do because I love vampire movies. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm Is right. it your favourite vampire movie? It must be your favourite film. It's my right? favourite man. This, I, I have three favourite vampire movies. Okay, go on, give the other two. From Dust Till Dawn. Yes, and I have Interview with the Vampire. I was going to mention Interview with the Vampire because that was mid-90s, wasn't it? I love vampire. Even now, I love vampire movies. I'm very much um, vampire-esque. Vampire-esque? Is that a good word? <laughs> I don't know that's, that's a real word. Have I, just, have I just made up a word? Um, I remember many years ago, my, um, my ex-wife uh, took me for my birthday to Brashoff in Transylvania. Wow, okay. And she took me for my birthday to the home where Bram Stoker based the yeah, book the original, yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I actually got to visit, um, a lot of people may not, may, may do, that um, Dracula's based on Vlad the Impaler. That's right, yeah. So I'm obsessed by this. Obs- is, it, is it an obsession? Is it really an obsession? Is I, it- <laughs> I, I, I want to say I am um, I, I I love uh, anyway. I can I can feel your passion coming oh, across. You're, you're going to get this, Scott. Now I can I'm feel so sorry. Your passion. You, you've led me into a place that maybe you don't want to go. But yes, I am. I'm very much into vampires, and I've been to I've been to Vienna, very gothic. I've been yeah, to Ultravox went there as well. I remember they did. They, they did. did apparently so. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been to Transylvania yeah. and I've traced that whole thing. And this is the... this is quite a big thing in your life, isn't it? I'm, I'm getting the feeling that this this is more than just a movie to you. The Lost Boys, the Lost Boys kicked it off for me. That's why. That's why when I said it's got to be the Lost Boys, is because the it was Lost the Boys. The start of something. It was the start of something. It was the start of my passion. Okay. Um, even now, thirty years on, I still, I still like vampire films. I still like the. Ho- I'm not a big fan of the Dracula things. I think Dracula is kind of like overplayed. It's t- I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula, for example, yeah. too overkill okay. for me. Are there anything post Lost Boys, say in the last twenty years, yeah, vampire wise that you'd rate or sort of recommend? They don't do. They don't do a good vampire. There's nothing movie coming across. They're remaking no, Nosferatu. I I see that. Mm. I've seen that. I want to. I will see it. I'm reluctant to see how good it's going to be because, yeah. um, for me, I like um. See, I like the I like the eighties and the nineties vampires. Yeah. A lot of the new stuff now. It's too teenager stuff. And this is. A... And I'm, I mean, for example, Twilight. For example, Twilight. <laughs> Absolutely hate this it. This is where I was pushing towards. What, where do you stand on that? Absolutely hate it. Yeah. I mean, it is so. It's, it's a love story. Yeah, well, actually, to be fair, Dracula is a love story. Yes, I know that. Anyway, 
but Twilight is terrible. Okay, I've, I've never, mean, my, I've never watched it. Paul, no, have you seen any Twilight seen movies? Twilight? I unfortunately had a teenage daughter yes. at the time that Twilight <laughs> came out, who was absolutely infatuated with it. Yeah, and yeah. And because of that, I hate it. Never watched it. <laughs> um, wouldn't ever give it the time of day on anything I owned. I can, I can see why Anne likes this movie. I mean, it, certain movies at certain periods of your life will hit you and strike a chord. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all got we've all got a movie like that somewhere in us, haven't we? Um, and it's led to his passion, as he said numerous times, his passion for vampire films. I was just a bit disappointed watching it this time round. Yeah, it's it's. Yes, it's dated, um, but there's, there's bits in it. I mean, it's it's just very cheesy. It's yeah. very. It's I say I, I go back to the thing. It looks most of it looks like a pop video. It's, it's of its time. We, we say this very often. It's of its cheesy time. Cheesy shit. Pop yeah. yeah, yeah. Just going to wind up this part of the review. Um, the thing I did sort of like, and I think it was probably the first one of the vampire genre to do it. It's called The Lost Boys for a reason. You know why it's called The Lost Boys? It's not to do with Peter Pan. It is to do with Peter Pan, the kids that never grew up. Ah, right. So you think about it, yeah. I never knew that. So you think about it, it's the first one to really depict, you know, we always see Christopher Lee or Bella Lugosi as a middle-aged or older man. What if it happened to a teenager? They will be permanently that age. So I like that sort of aspect to it. There were two... Direct video sequels, if I remember rightly. And they were terrible. But there was also planned to be an original movie version sequel to this called The Lost Girls. Oh, It was scripted. I didn't know that. Scripted, never got made. Um, Just just trying to think some of the trivia I've been picking up from the documentary I watched the other night. I don't know if it worked, though. Because I'm old school, because I loved the original, and I hated the follow-ups, and I really do hate the follow-ups because I think they're terrible. Mm -hmm. But maybe because... The actors that were in them defined that movie. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, they made that movie yes. what that movie is. Yes. And without them being in it, it's not going to work. Which is, is quite surprising because the sort of star of the film is Jason Patrick. Jason, mm. Jason Patrick Who is the never ma- really did anything and after this, did... apart from Speed 2, if I can remember yes. right. Yeah. Cruise Control. <laughs> yes, Cruise Control. Yeah, he was the main. He was the should main have been. Guy. He should have been, but the focus is not on him when you watch the film. Mm. It's it's Edgar and Allen, and it's it's Kiefer Sutherland, and even Jamie Gertz to a certain extent I mean, as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, funny. He, he, yeah. fo- he focused on wow. Jamie Gertz. Yeah, she it's she, difficult not to. She I tell you what, she's she. I mean, if we were like like um, watching something a little bit, she's Babe Schwing. <laughs> I've heard that for a while. <laughs> um, mm. Occasionally, we we rate. The movies out of five stars. Okay. Let's um, do that. I Let's think we that. know where yours is going to go. I'm going to go, but because it's my childhood, I was 16. It's my childhood, my first contact with proper horror. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rate it five out of five. Understandably, I, 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 I'm, I'm being biased. I get that. Understandably, I, I but it is. I chose the film because. The reason is I love the film. You wouldn't show the film you fucking hate it. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm going to say I I want to give it five. That's a five. You can't go gonna... higher than five. No, no. Five. I don't know. Five out of five. If you love a film that much, you can go I higher do. than five. The thing is though, I five. did 
Like, <laughs> I, I watched it last night. I watched it with Paul last night. And I... I you couldn't still take, I couldn't it. take my I eyes could, off your you. passion is just so I can see it for this story. You probably never met a guy that's so passionate about a movie. Oh, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I sat there. I sat there watching it, and I even you know even when the, they I even worded the lines, didn't I, last mm-hmm. night? You know when they, when they came out and said the line, it's like I said that line. How many times have you seen the film? I want to say like twenty. I'm imagining more. No, no, I don't watch it all the time because there's so much other movies to watch. But if there was a if there was a a Sunday afternoon rain and I wanted to watch a really good eighties film, that's my first choice. My first choice. Five out of five. Paul, your face already. I know it's going to be low. (laughs) I'm not going to like what he's going to say. Two. Two. Oh, come no, on. No, come on. No, no listen. listen. Anthony, that's why we have opinions. Yes. Yeah. Not everyone is correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But it's, was, it's not terrible, but it's not one that I'm going to go back to. I've yeah. Not one I'd revisit now. I'm, I'm, I'm going three. Just because it's, yeah, there was a couple of bits in it I watched this time around that I thought, yeah, okay, I didn't realise that or I didn't spot that before. It's not terrible, but it's not brilliant. Let's take a break. We'll be back with what we're watching next time. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, chaps, next time. Ant is very kindly going to be joining us for the next episode. Is that right, sir? It is. I'm all the way from Devon, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. We'll be sending you back straight. Yeah, it's like the next train out of town. I'm gone. (laughs) We wanted to continue the 80s theme, but is is there a running link between this apart from Kiefer Sutherland and Corey Feldman? Coming of age drama in a different sort of way? Very much coming of age. Very much... The movie, when you watch the movie, it's very much like um, coming of age. When you watch it, it's a, it's a feel-good movie. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to be doing Stand By Me, so it's yeah. uh, been a pleasure to actually be here again. Episode it's a pleasure for me as well. It's a pleasure thanks, for me as well. Thanks for being here. And you mentioned that you um, you do a radio show. I do a radio show. I do, Every Friday night, I work on a radio show in South Devon. It's a rock show. Uh, the... the Stations called South Devon Sound Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, they do all, all types of music, but I, I'm on from nine till midnight every Friday, and I rock out. You, you rock know, out. I do rock out. If, if you're not, if rock's not your thing, playing nothing enough, but I, greasy mullet head, chain it, wearing sex yeah, 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 exactly. Like we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're digressing back to our last subject. <laughs> so, no, how, how can people hear your show, sir? If you're not local, if you're not, if you don't live in um, the Devon area, local people, you, um, it is for, it is a local radio station. <laughs> if you can't get it, you can actually tune into www.southdevonsound.co.uk. Yeah, and you can actually click on my page because I have my own page on there. Excellent. And you can actually listen to any show that I've played for the last three weeks, or you can listen to me live mm-hmm. every Friday from um, nine o'clock. From nine o'clock. Which I rock out, and I'm going to big up this show myself because yeah. I'm on it. And, you expect um, nothing less. Yeah. You know I will because <laughs> favour for South, favour. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think South Devon need to know about this now. Do they? they? I think they do. Well, I think they we, do. Are they we've reached Texas. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Can we, can we be South Devon? Yeah, like, we've we done sexes. If we crack like, South Devon, we, we yeah, can retire. You're going right? to be happy when we'll, we like, will retire. It's like, right, <laughs> Texas, Plymouth. Oh. Yeah. I, Plymouth is next to me. Okay, this has been the Stinking Paws. You can listen to this and other episodes on our webpage, stinkingpaws.lipsin.com. You can follow us on Twitter at stinkingpaws. Emails to the stinkingpaws at gmail.com. And there's a Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash stinkingpaws. And thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. That's okay. We will see you very soon for the next episode. Can't even speak. We will see you very soon for the next episode. Good night, all. Good night. The management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture... You will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid, I'm stepping in Colonel Jamboree. It's worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown, try Positive thinking, laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side, on hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring, no glancing back, try. Positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up, we enjoy it.